This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, February 25th, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. To eliminate wasteful spending in health care, we have to compare outcomes of some treatments to others. So why isn't there enough comparative effectiveness research done? There's a billion dollars worth of that research in the so-called stimulus legislation. But Michael Cannon, director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute, says rather than funding that kind of research, the feds should be removing impediments keep the private sector from doing more of it. Well, it's often said that the U.S. healthcare sector is extremely wasteful. That's one of the reasons why we spend more money than other countries, but we don't have appreciable, uh, appreciably better health outcomes. And it's been estimated that as much as one-third of what we spend on healthcare is just pure waste. It doesn't make patients any healthier or any happier. Now, when you're talking about a third of healthcare expenditures, that's about $700 billion every year, which is about the size of the stimulus package we just passed, or about 5% of gross domestic product. So if we could take some of that money that's being wasted on low-value medical care and allocate it toward more productive uses, well, that would be a huge gain for society. The problem is... How do you know which medical services are wasteful and which are not? It's very hard for patients and even doctors to know beforehand and or even after the treatment has been rendered just how much value was provided there. So the idea behind comparative effectiveness research is that uh, the government or somebody will set up these uh, trials that will test one treatment against another, find out which works best. Uh, You can also do cost-effectiveness research, which will tell you if the additional cost of one of these uh, treatments is worth the additional benefit. And so the stimulus package contained, uh, there isn't enough, everyone agrees that there isn't enough of that information out there to help doctors and patients make these decisions. So one of the aims of the so-called stimulus bill was was to increase the amount of comparative effectiveness research. The uh, bill, which is now a law, dedicates uh, $1.1 billion to this type of research. If the research is known to have value, why does everyone agree that there isn't enough of it being done? Well, comparative effectiveness research has public good characteristics. And what that means is uh, once you create the research, it's difficult to keep other people from using it uh, because it's information. Once that information is out there, uh, people can use it uh, without uh, having to pay the people who produced it. So fewer people produce this sort of research. That's the classic public good argument that economists make for why markets tend to fall short of the efficiency maximizing, of producing the efficiency maximizing quantity of uh, some goods. The story with comparative effectiveness research is not so clear, though. Uh, First of all, it's not clear just how uh, much of a public good it is, because it is possible for, say, health plans that generate this research to keep their findings to themselves. It's, uh, and it's also hard for another health plan to, uh, or I should say, uh, healthcare providers to find uh, out about that research and implement that into their own practices. So insofar as this research um, Uh, deviates from the classic definition of a public good, then the market is going to be able to produce more of it and the argument for government provision is not as strong. Um, Comparative effectiveness research is also, or or the argument for government research is uh, government-funded comparative effectiveness research is also not so clear-cut because the government has tried to fund this before. This isn't going to be the first uh, appropriation Congress makes in this area. Over and over again, Congress has created agencies that were dedicated to providing this 
public good. But what happens is once these agencies start producing research that questions the value of certain medical services, the providers who deliver those services, who make their living, earn their incomes off of providing those services, run to their members of Congress and say, you have to defund that agency. And it's happened over and over again. It's, it happened to two, uh, uh, ages, two or three agencies, I think, in the 1980s. In the 1990s, there was an agency that was effectively neutered uh, and received a huge cut in its budget because it produced uh, research that offended the back surgeons and the medical device suppliers. Uh, that uh, that that made the, the 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 screws that the back surgeons used, uh, and that same agency came under assault again in two thousand and two. So, the idea that we are going to throw a billion dollars at this sort of research, and that's going to that the government is going to do that, and that's going to help doctors and patients make these decisions, is very alluring. But history instructs that it's probably going to be a billion dollars that we're throwing down a hole, because what's going to happen is. As soon as uh, that money starts producing usable research, uh, the the agency that produces it is going to be defunded. And if history is any guide, even the research that's produced won't affect medical practice. How do we eliminate the waste uh, in the system that is uh, caused by a, a lack of this, this kind of research? Well, the real story uh, for why we don't have enough comparative effectiveness research is not a story of market failure so much as a story of government failure. There are health plans that uh, produce this sort of research that are uniquely suited to overcome the public good challenges involved in producing this research. But for 100 years, government has uh, inhibited these health plans and suppressed their ability to generate that research. I'm talking about health plans like Kaiser Permanente, which is really an engine of medical effectiveness research. So much so that when the FDA was trying to figure out whether Vioxx was killing people, they went to Kaiser because Kaiser had the ability to st study the effects of Vioxx in its uh, patient population. Uh, so, in so not only does government uh, inhibit the supply of comparative effectiveness research by inhibiting those sorts of health plans, it inhibits the demand for comparative effectiveness research. Almost everybody in America's healthcare sector is spending someone else's money. The, the government is paying for half of our medical care. And if you have private insurance, you probably get it through an employer. So it feels like you're spending your employer's money. And patients cannot, uh, don't see any financial benefit uh, to uh, trying to eliminate low value care. So if they don't see any of the benefit from doing so, there's much less demand for this sort of research. And they're not going to choose the plans that generate this research or that uh, that use this research. So if we want to generate more comparative effectiveness research, and I think we should, what we should be doing is letting patients control their healthcare dollars so that they reap the, the financial rewards from eliminating low-value care. That will encourage uh, the production of more such research. And we should also eliminate the barriers to the plans that, that generate this sort of research. And I'm talking about barriers like... Um, uh, clinician licensing laws and insurance licensing laws at the state level. And also, uh, the federal government does a lot to inhibit these plans by uh, tilting uh, the market toward fee-for-service payment as a way of paying doctors and hospitals. The plans, uh, the health plans that generate this sort of research are the ones that have themselves a financial interest in weeding out wasteful and unnecessary expenditures. And those are the ones that operate on the basis of what they call capitation or prepayment. When the health plans get, say, $10,000 for every uh, enrollee, 
And if they therefore eliminate any wasteful expenditures on those enrollees, they profit from doing so. Uh, The government has tilted the playing field away from that sort of payment system. And so what we need is also Medicare reform that... um, because Medicare is the largest purchaser of health services in the country, it relies on fee-for-service payment, tilts the market in that direction. We need to give seniors uh, a, it, who are in Medicare a voucher, let them choose between plans that rely on fee-for-service and rely on prepayment. That will generate a lot more comparative effectiveness research. Michael Cannon is Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute and co-author of the book, Healthy Competition. You can buy your copy at Cato.org.